Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis and observations. Talk about games, talk about upcoming games, talk about, unfortunately, uh, the latest loss. Uh, but before we bring in, our, bring in our great co-host, Sam Gordon, just want to let you know that Vegas Nation and all of our podcasts here at Vegas Nation uh, is sponsored by Stations Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. Sam Gordon, here we are again for the third straight week talking about another not just disappointing, but bitter, sweet, not, not even sweet, just bitter loss, frustrating loss by the Raiders to Gafalta 0-3. Um, it's it's just so uncanny that we're talking about a team that's 0-3. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, and yet it's a team that could easily be 2-1, and maybe even 3-0, and if not for some plays here or, or there. It's just uncanny. I haven't seen this from a team, um, maybe forever. That's such a Jekyll and Hyde first, you know, uh, ha- you know, uh, two straight, qu- two good quarters, two bad quarters, two good quarters, two bad quarters, vice versa, whatever you want to call it. They just can't string together four good quarters of football in one game. No, Vinny, fr- quite frankly, yeah, they, they, they just haven't been able to, do, they haven't been able to do that, right? I think we've seen flashes of capabilities of potential of what this team was touted to be of what you and I certainly thought it had the potential to be coming into the season right but this is the National Football League and flashes aren't good enough I mean they just quite frankly aren't good enough um, not even against teams like the Tennessee Titans right a team that I thought was ripe um, for the Raiders to get you know for the for the the plucking for the Raiders to get right back on their you know right into their winning ways Um, that hasn't happened right and then now we're sitting here the Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the league uh, the, the the execution in crucial junctures hasn't been there um, when it's needed to. Uh, defensively, uh, they've they've had their moments and they've also had long stretches where they've just been gassed. Uh, and the offense just quite frankly hasn't looked apart considering the pieces and the investments uh, that were made in, into making sure that this uh, that the that there was potential for it to be a top five or a top seven eight unit. That's what I thought coming into the season, Vinny. We haven't seen any of that. Not for like you said, not for four corners. And now you're in dire straits because we know the statistical probability of, of making the playoffs. Um, when a team starts 0-3, I think, quite frankly, like we talked about last two week, you know, last week, can't even talk about right that right now when the, when the Raiders have yet to win a game. So um, that absolutely dire straits, and certainly again, not an outcome that I expected, um, not an outcome that you expected. I'm sure not an outcome that a lot of Raider fans expected, but you never know. It's, it's the National Football League any given Sunday. And that's three straight Sundays that the Raiders have have fallen short, and, and now um, it, you know are in a quite a deep, deep a deep hole that they need to dig out of. Why are the Raiders where they are right now, Sam? Oh, geez, where where where, where should we start, Vinny? I, I think first and foremost, to your point, right? I, for for fans that want to, you know, hey, look, it's the season's not over; it's three weeks. Um, there is some silver lining here, right? The silver lining being there are a couple plays away in each game, one or two plays, right? It, it, it is a, a game of inches uh, in, in that regard. We could talk about the, the the interception on the goal line against Tennessee, right? You could talk about a number of plays in the Cardinals or the three and out series, three straight pat, whatever. Um, even the Chargers game, you have three turnovers there. Um, but the, quite frankly, Vinny, just they, they haven't. I don't. 
I don't know how to – this is going to – I'm oversimplifying it to a degree, but they just haven't played well enough. The offense with the best receiver in the league and, a, you know, a top five tight end and, and, a, and a, a veteran offensive play caller calling the shots hasn't taken off. Um, the quarterback has not played to the level he's capable of, certainly the level we've seen last season. And the defense has been far too prone to big plays and, and, and chunk plays and long drives and stretches when you can't, frankly, give those up. And then the untimely penalty. So – it's been like a cacophony of negative – just everything – I mean, it's, it's Murphy's law to a degree, right? Like anything that can go wrong has. I mean, they lost a Tennessee team that couldn't move the ball at all, scores 24 points in the first half. Uh, the, uh, an offense in week two that was lifeless all of a sudden is unstoppable down the stretch in the final quarter. Like it's just it's – it's a number of things. And I, I mean, I sense desperation at this point, right? You're 0-3. Here comes Denver, a Denver team that scored 11 points on Sunday night football. Uh, I felt like it was do or die in week three. I mean, what does that make week four? What, what do you think? Where, where do you think the biggest issues ha- have, have come from? First of all, did you say concophony? I did. I did. I was saving I like that one it. for you. No, I like it. I like it. I appreciate it. you. I appreciate it. I like it. Um, it, you know, the, I think the situation warranted um, the uh, the uh, the elevated word play um, for sure. Because you know why? We've used so many words to describe what's happened <laughs> these first couple of weeks <laughs> that we had to we had to up up our game a little bit. Like it's it's getting to that point where how many more ways can we describe describe literally seeing the same thing over and over again? The names might change a little bit here and there, but the reality is the sort of mistakes and um, the results of those mistakes uh, are getting all too familiar uh, for the Raiders, but I'm with you. I mean, you know, I've seen the fire, Josh McDaniels, folks, it's not going to happen. It's ridiculous to even think about that. Don't waste your energy or your time reading any of that nonsense. Um, The Raiders have a long range plan. Um, They're not going to sacrifice that long range plan just because they're disappointed in the short range results so far. So just get, that out of the head you got to understand there's a new general manager there's a new assistant general manager there's new scouts there's a new way of operation there's a new way of scouting players assessing players all of those things that's what the Raiders are trying to build here and that group that's you know uh, uh, um, implementing all these changes deserves the chance to see it through uh, at least a little while longer than three games my goodness Uh, but I'm with you I just think that for whatever reason, and and putting my finger on it has been the most difficult thing. Are they pressing? Are they not pressing enough? Uh, are they overthinking it? Are they not focused enough? I don't know necessarily what the answer is, but what I do know is um, they're just not performing at their highest level across the board, 11 players on offense or 11 players on defense. They're not performing at a high enough level on a consistent enough level to win football games right now. You can't have the kind of errors that they had. Darren Waller, you know, great pass by Derek Carr to Darren Waller right after an interception. It's first and goal at the two-yard line. Oh, no, it isn't. There was a holding call. I think Jermaine Illuminor got called for that one. Back it up instead of first and goal from the two. It's first and 20 from the 41. Um, you just can't have those types of errors. You can't have balls dropped in the end zone that lead to interceptions. You cannot have 
you know, an offsides penalty or a procedure penalty that knocks you back uh, out of field goal range, or now all of a sudden it's first and 15. You just can't have those things, or fourth and one becomes fourth and six, whatever the case might be. Um, you can't continue to do that. And it's not all the time. That's what's so frustrating. Um, and it's definitely not a talent issue. They've shown in six quarters where they've outscored the Chargers, Cardinals, and Tennessee Titans 48 to seven that they have more than enough talent to be able to compete. It's just stringing together four straight quarters. And I uh, said this, um, you know, uh, on, 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 in some other interviews that, you know, and, uh, and another podcast, look, I defer to Devontae Adams, um, a wise and sage Devontae Adams, by the way, who said as professional athletes, and this probably applies to anything in life, you can't get tired of doing the right thing every single time. You cannot get tired of that. You have to embrace doing the right thing at all times, every play, every rep, every meeting, every weight room session, whatever the case might be. You have to be willing and open to doing it right all the time. Because if you don't, and we've seen what the results um, have been for the Raiders, when you don't, things like this are going to happen. And all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself in an 0-3 hole to start the season when nobody could have seen that coming. Yeah, no, a- absolutely, Vinny. And, and it, it sounds, again, to, to be oversim- you know, oversimplifying to say execution, but I think that's a huge piece of it, right? The, the, the penalty, the, the penalties, those are, feel, those still feel like things that are, con, you know, are, are very much controllables. Um, the other teams have NFL players too. Those guys get paid to play and, and those other teams are going to make plays. That is going to happen in the NFL. That's just quite frankly, what part of the deal is, but you know, for, for, for what we saw, you know, in the preseason and how clean things were and just kind of the level of accountability and, and just the structure that we saw in the training camp, that, that, hasn't translated the way it's had the way it's needed to um in, in game so far this season it just it just hasn't right I, I think a lot of the yeah you know the the, the again if it's a, if the if for for Raiders fans that want to be optimistic these the games all three games have been close they have been down to the wire the Raiders have had their opportunities in all three of them um it's not like they've been blown out or blown off the field yet and there still are 14 games to get this thing turned around but unless some of those uh, untimely mistakes stop happening or the turn like that's if those don't if that doesn't clean up first and foremost forget what Denver's going to do or what Kansas City's going to do in a couple weeks or so on and so forth as as things continue to develop as the season continues if they don't eliminate those things in those kind of situations off the get-go um, then you can forget about getting this thing turned around and going in the right direction so uh, it's 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 been a tough I mean quite frankly Vinny has been very tough early goings for the Raiders um, like you mentioned that, you know, the, the, you, you, I'm sure I wasn't in Nashville. You guys were, I'm sure you felt and sensed the frustration. And, you know, again, this, this to me, week four, it, it, fortunately for the Raiders, the, the rest of the division all is, is it, every other team has some stuff to, to kind of sort through, right? Like Denver, their offense is a mess. Um, the Chargers are, are so banged up. It's, it's it, at this point in the season, it's not even funny. And Kansas City just is coming off of a totally surprise loss to Indy as they still try and figure out life with Tyree Kill, right? So you have all these teams in the division kind of going through their own sets of struggles. But the, the Raiders can't, you know, at the same time, the Raiders can't worry about what they're doing. They have to get things figured out. And that starts, again, this week. Uh, with Denver coming to town, a Denver team that who knows, maybe this is a week that they get stuff figured out. We don't know the Raiders, but so the onus is on the Raiders um, to be ready for the, for the challenges that that come in their way, and that starts with cleaning up the things that they can clean up. 
Now it's that time of the week where we are joined by Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports at Station Casinos. Chuck, of course, joins us every single week on First and Ten here. Talk about all things Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, and of course, all things sports. Chuck, how you doing again? Another adventurous week three in the NFL. Welcome back to the show. How's everything going? Everything's good, Sam. It was another crazy week. You know, it's not often that we talk about teams like the Bills, Chiefs, and Bucks all getting beat on the same weekend. And really only two teams that are undefeated left in football. Um, so it's uh, been an interesting start to the season. A lot of close games throughout. Some big surprises on teams that are playing well. And a few surprises on teams that aren't playing so well. No doubt, Chuck. I want to get into one of those teams that is playing well. One of the surprise teams. One of the unbeaten teams. That would be, of course, the Miami Dolphins, who uh, took care of Buffalo last week. Great game down to the wire. Um, they are 3-0. They are a four-point underdogs going into Cincinnati. Total 47, of course, to Otago Vailoa. Uh, potentially had a concussion on Sunday. We're not exactly sure, but status still seems to be a little bit up in the air. Chuck, first and foremost, before we get into the game, how much has my, uh, Miami's future odds changed? What kind of action have, have, have you seen on Miami now that they've emerged, at least through three games, to, to seem to be a potential player here um, in the AFC? They've clearly dropped, Sam. I mean, there's no question about it that people are starting to pay a little bit more attention to them now. I think what the impressive thing is for Miami is that you look at Philadelphia, for an example, who's undefeated as well. But if you look at who they've beaten, they're, they're not beating the upper echelon teams in the league yet. Yet you look at Miami and they're able to go to Baltimore and win with that epic comeback. They were able to beat Buffalo, who many people believe now is still the best team in football. There are odds on favorite. Um, as far as odds go to win the Super Bowl. So that's what's been impressive to me for Miami. I know there's still a lot of non-believers in Tua, but got to love that offense with both Waddle and Hill, kind of similar to Philadelphia with Smith and A.J. Brown. For me right now, they're still the two best teams that are playing the best in all of football. No question about that. Those two teams being the undefeated teams. Of course, Miami getting things started on Thursday night football at Tennessee. I want to, or at, at Cincinnati, rather, want to look ahead, Chuck. Of course, another um, interesting slate of games as it always is in the NFL. One of the premier games, uh, a game that I, I feel like should have been a primetime matchup. Uh, instead, we get it early on Sunday. That would be Buffalo uh, and Baltimore in Baltimore. Buffalo giving three total 52 and a half. So expecting some points when you have Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson on the field. Chuck, so far, right, these two teams, uh, I was specifically with the Ravens, their loss felt to me more about what Miami did do than what Baltimore um, didn't do. And then Buffalo, again, no shame going down to Miami and losing a close one to clearly a good Dolphins team. This is no doubt one of the marquee matchups uh, of the week. When you take a look at, at these two teams, of course, Buffalo, the odds-on favorite. What have you seen from Baltimore and, and Lamar Jackson in the early goings? And uh, maybe what kind, how has their value changed as we've seen that offense really explode through these first three games. You know, I, I, I like Baltimore, Sam. I, I, you know, we had this conversation prior to the start of the season. I uh, still think they're going to win the AFC North. It's obvious that they haven't corrected uh, everything that they needed to. And in, in the back end, uh, we saw them exploited last year when, uh, when Burrow had some huge games against them. But I think Lamar's played really well. You've got Andrews and Bateman and DuVernay. I think they still could use another big-time wideout. I think adding uh, J.K. Dobbins back into the mix last week, and he seems to have come out of that unscathed, that if you can have him at running back, I think that helps a lot. And in Buffalo's case, you're right. I mean, no shame in going down to Miami and losing. Uh, they were definitely banged up, especially in the secondary in that game. Um, so no reason to hit the panic button. 
Buffalo got off to a slow start last year. They actually lost it. They won or they lost their opener against Pittsburgh before they kind of turned it around a bit. But one of these two teams is going to be two and two um, next week. And uh, so, um, you know, I think it's early, but I think a Bills loss here and maybe a little bit like, hey, you've now lost two games in a row. Um, that wide open style is great. But, you know, you have to be able to stop some teams, too. And um, I know they're banged up and they may have to look at make some additions or or, you know, would they be active at the trade deadline trying to solidify that defense a little bit just because of all the injuries in the secondary. Of course, two teams in the AFC with Super Bowl aspirations and perhaps legitimate ones um, at at that. Definitely legitimate for Buffalo. And we're going to see what happens with Baltimore moving forward. Of course, a team in the NFC. um, You already talked about them a little bit. The Philadelphia Eagles, who. Uh, quite frankly, have exploded out of the gates there, 3-0. and A sneaky good matchup this week, in my opinion, Chuck. Eagles giving 6.5, playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Total right now, 48. Chuck, Jacksonville, fresh off of a 38-10 to thrashing of the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. Looks like a brand-new team under Doug Peterson and maybe a team that can give Philadelphia – uh, run for their money on Sunday, although Philly, I, I could not be more impressed, Chuck, so far with what Jalen Hurts and that offense have done. What, what do you think? I'm super impressed, Sam. I think it's really similar um, to what Buffalo did. You know, going into Josh Allen's third year, they went out and got Stephon Diggs. Going into Jalen Hurts' third year, they went out and got A.J. Brown. I think that's really given him that big-time wide receiver to go with Devonta Smith, a good tight end in Goddard, a running game, and good defense. So this Eagle team has really impressed me that they haven't had to rely on just the running game. In that first game of the season against Detroit, they scored 38 points, but all four touchdowns were via running the ball. Um, Since then, they've really opened it up in the passing game. And you're right about Jacksonville. I mean, huge surprise right now. As crazy as it sounds, you know, they sit in first place in the AFC South. And if there's a division that's really winnable for a team that maybe only wins nine games this year, uh, it might be the AFC South. I think great kind of, you know, um, side note that Doug Peterson goes back to Philly here uh, to face the Eagles. But my guess is we're going to be huge Jag fans on Sunday. We're going to see a lot of Philly love come across the counter as they've been uh, the better kind of team of choice over the last three weeks. Definitely, definitely. So we get to a, a quick uh, the local matchup. Of course, I think when the season began, I think you and I and a lot of other folks um, who, who follow the NFL closely thought the AFC West was going to be the best division in football, right? Well, well so far uh, they've been everything but that. A, a couple teams, a uh, few teams, underwhelming. One of those teams, of course, being the winless Raiders, the only zero three team in the league, and then Denver. Even though they're two and one, the offense just hasn't clicked. With Russell Wilson, uh, one of uh, the least explosive offenses in the NFL to this point, so I think a huge matchup for for both teams for for a number of reasons. The Raiders giving two and a half, still favored uh, despite the zero and three start. Uh, a total forty five. These are two offenses, Chuck. That again, the the train hasn't quite left the station yet with either one of them. Can this be a game where maybe we see Denver click? Maybe we see the Raiders click? Maybe both teams finally click and we see some of the offense that we thought we'd see coming into the season. I think the Raiders have to click, Sam. I mean, at 0-3, I know we talked about that no team made the playoffs last year at 0-2. Mm-hmm. I think the last team that started, uh, I think it was 1978, a team that went 0-3 to start the season that actually made the postseason. So this is the Raiders' season. This has to be a playoff game to the Raiders. Um, on the flip side, Denver's 2-1. and but they've only scored, they've only given up 36 points in those games, second lowest total in the league to Tampa, 
but they beat in Seattle. They lost to Seattle 16 to 17. They beat Texas 16 or the Texans 16 to 9 and San Francisco 11 to 10. So you're absolutely right. Their offense has been putrid at this point. They haven't been able to get anything going with Russ. A lot of three and outs. Um, they haven't looked good. I think this is a, a game where the Raiders have to try to put some points on the board. Um, you know, get it going here because week five, they play at Kansas City on Monday night football. And Kansas City lost last week. They're a very small favorite against Tampa on Sunday night football. You could be looking at a KC team possibly coming off back-to-back losses when they play each other. I think the Raiders' season is Sunday. They better win this game and hope they can maybe get a win against Kansas City on Monday night football. But a loss here, and I don't care. I mean, at this point, I know there's a lot of parity in the league and a lot of teams that got off the slow starts, but the Raiders cannot lose this game on Sunday. And I think this number is going to go up, Sam. I think it's been creeping up a little bit. I think you're going to see this number get to three uh, before we get to the weekend. A little bit more hometown love, Chuck. You touched on the Chiefs. They, of course, giving two to Tampa in Tampa. A total 45, a rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple years ago. Again, still two teams that I believe to be Super Bowl contenders despite their losses. Who do you think needs this one more, Chuck? Is it the Chiefs in the AFC West or is it the Buccaneers in the NFC South? You know, it's not as catastrophic, I don't think, Sam, to either team because what you touched on earlier is the division. We thought yeah. the AFC West was the best division in football, and you've got the Chiefs and Broncos at 2-1, and one, Chargers at 1-2, and two, and Raiders at 0-3. And, and in the NFC, Bucks are 2-1. and one. Everybody else is 1-2 and two in their division, and the other three teams have serious issues. So I don't think it's a, a, a catastrophic game to either team. I mean, of course, the winner comes out of it 3-1. and one. Um, I think the, the AFC is going to be bunched up a lot more at the top. I think Tampa's still going to end up being one of the two, one or two top teams or top seeds in the NFC. So I'm guessing it's a little bit maybe more to Kansas City because of how good teams like Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore can be in the AFC. Um, but I think it's a great game for Sunday Night Football. Absolutely, Chuck. And, of course, a number number of other compelling mashups around the league. Uh, We love the NFL season here on the First and Ten Podcast. We appreciate having you on every week to break down the games and give us, of course, the expertise and analysis from your side of the counter. We look forward to doing it again next week. Chuck, after what promises to be, as always, another incredible week for. We look forward to it, and thank you for joining the program. All right. Thanks, Sam. Always enjoy it. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. The next time you're in a company meeting and see one of your co-workers cracking open a refreshing can that appears to be a tall boy and it's in your 9 a.m. meeting, you're thinking, is that a beer? It's most likely not. It's a new mountain spring water brand called Liquid Death. Well, not only is it going to quench your thirst, but it's also going to bring a death to plastic bottles. The donations of 10% of the profits from every can sold will help kill plastic pollution. Their aluminum cans are infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator. It's so funny because the Broncos are two and one. 
and haven't played very good. And you look at the Broncos, and it's a situation where the Broncos have played, or, or their opponents have played just worse, just a little bit more worse than the Broncos to allow the Broncos to be 2-1. and one. And in the Raiders' case, their opponents have played just well enough or better than the Raiders to be 3-0. and oh. So it's like this complete opposite thing, bizarro world thing going on where the Broncos play bad, but then so do their opponents. The Raiders, you know, have played reasonably well at times, uh, but their opponents in each game has played just a little bit better than they are, and so now they're they're zero uh, and three. The Broncos are are two and one. Uh, I will urge Raider fans to remember the Raiders started three and zero last year, and found themselves at six and seven at one point. I think they were three and one the year before um, and didn't make the playoffs. So um, it's a long haul. It's a long season. There's plenty of games left to play. I know zero and three looks terrible, and it is. Um, and there's no rationalizing it, justifying it, any of those types of things. But there's still a path available to get yourself right because there's just too much football still left to play. But it has to start somewhere. And, um, you know, the, the urgency that's required, the precision that's required, the attention to detail that's that's required, all of it needs to come together. I will say this. I thought the revamped offensive line looked fairly decent. Um, sure. You know, sure. Yet there was one sack given up, some pressures, a couple of dumb penalties without question uh but you know you're playing against a pretty good defensive line number one number two when you throw the ball 44 times you're going to give up a sack or two that's just the nature of the nfl uh, especially when teams understand the other team's got to throw the ball to get back into the game they're gonna you know pin their ears back and come at you every which way which is what the tennessee titans did thought the offensive line handled it reasonably well now alex Barr at left guard um then, you know, new starter there, new starter over at right guard, Jermaine Illuminar, who moved over from right tackle to replace Lester Cotton at right guard. Uh, John Simpson gets the bench uh, over at left guard. Uh, I think there's some reasons for that. Um, and I think it had to do with some practice habits and some, frankly, bad performances in games. We'll see what, uh, the, you know, uh, what the story is going to be for Lester and for John Simpson moving forward. Uh, I think that, you know, if Andre James can come back at center, you're able to move Dylan Parham to one of those guard spots, probably left guard. And I think if that becomes the starting five, Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Jermaine Illuminar, uh, Thayer Munford, who played pretty well as a rookie uh, starting uh, on Sunday, uh, that might be give them the Raiders a little bit of hope to solidify some sort of a starting five along the offensive line. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and that's I think that's a start. To your point, um, I thought the offensive line again, all things considered, this year played it's probably its best game of this season on Sunday, and I'd be remiss, Vinny, uh, if I didn't mention another bright spot for the Raiders amid this you know kind of disaster start. How about Mac Hollins, right? How about Mac Hollins? What a revelation! Uh, he was on Sunday and just throughout the course of the season, there's clearly to me, Vinny, and you were at the stadium, you were there, clearly seems to be some trust and rapport already with Derek Carr um, in ways that maybe Matt Collins hadn't had um, before in his career. Uh, he's a, a veteran player now. He's not, you know, in his first or second year. But clearly this guy has a lot of ability, not just as a special teamer, but as a receiver. And, and you saw the Raiders tap into that. You know, what was it, eight catches, 150-something yards, and the, and the touchdown, the game, um, you know, the potential game-tying touchdown, the bomb on fourth down to, to extend the drive and to keep the game going. Um, he's been fantastic. He's been somebody I think Raider fans have to be excited about. And and now I think given when, when a guy has a 150-yard game, you have to include him in the mix uh, with some of the other talented skill position players that the Raiders have. So, the like, the, the pieces to me, Vinny, it still feels like they're, they're – in place, right? Even the, the performance hasn't been there, 
uh, we we understand that. But am I am I completely wrong for thinking at this juncture of the season? Look, that the the pieces are still there to, to, to get this thing turned around. Without question, I, mean, I think that Matt Collins is really the the, uh, the poster player uh, for somebody that other players need to emulate in terms of being dialed in at all moments of the game. Every time his number's gotten called, he's delivered. Every time he's on the field, he's dialed in. The special teams play was spectacular uh, on the on the punt uh, to pin the uh, Titans down by their two-yard line. Um, so he's a guy where if you're looking for what? How, how am I supposed to do this in terms of bringing it on every single play? Matt Collins is a guy uh, to really emulate. He's getting everything out of his talent and being an asset in all different ways when he's on the field. I think guys need to start looking at Matt Collins uh, as that example. That's why he's a captain. Um, if, if a few other guys, uh, you know, uh, kind of followed that path, I think this Raiders team would be a, a lot better off. Well, we get to Denver, the Broncos. Uh, it's at Allegiant Stadium, 125 kickoff. This is a game that the Raiders have to win. They should win. They're their better team. I'm not impressed by the Denver Broncos. Uh, I still don't think Russell Wilson is, 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 has been a perfect fit. Uh, with the Broncos, I'm still wondering if, if if Russell Wilson is still the guy. Uh, and I'm the biggest Russell Wilson fan uh, out there. Uh, I think he's tremendous, but I'm not quite sure he's the same player. Um, it's just it's just a team that the Raiders need to take care of early, take care of business, get on, get a, get a good feeling going on, build some momentum, get a win, take that to Kansas City the following week uh, against the Chiefs, and maybe get to two and three before the bye. Vinny, Russell Wilson this year, um, he's a career 64.9%, completing 64.9% of his passes. So far, three games with the Broncos, that number is down to 59.4%. You mentioned, right, he's one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. He's a a no-doubt, surefire, first ballot Hall of Fame guy, in my opinion, in the career rate. Passer rating of 101.4 would seem to support that, right? One of the best marks of all time. That number number this season, Vinny, 83.2. 83.2. His pass right. rating of 83.2. Very pedestrian, especially for somebody as accomplished as he is. Vinny, just watching the Broncos this year, um, when I've been able to, to your point, uh, so much of his game uh, in in Seattle, especially you know those prime years, right? And we thought he, he was still in the later, in the secondary portion of his prime, but so much of his game was was off script. Was the ability to 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 wiggle around in the pocket to make a guy miss and kind of reset and make things happen. And it just doesn't seem like he's as twitchy as he used to be. And it wasn't like he was, the, you know, the fastest guy. It wasn't all raw speed. It was just this ability to keep his eyes downfield while simultaneously um, buying time with his legs and making defenders miss and setting things setting things up for his receivers uh, down the field. That just hasn't been there. I think we might have saw it at that final drive against the Niners the other day. But for the better part of this season, they have had um, – all kinds of issues getting going offensively. They've had all kinds of issues just with clock management as Nathan, as Nathaniel Hackett and his staff, uh, you know, t- take over and kind of set are, are trying to build what they try, are trying to build. But but that Denver thing, the offense um, has been so underwhelming this year. And, and it, again, they're they're probably saying the same thing, right? Like, hey, it's a it's a long time to figure it out. But there hasn't even been really signs of life from that offense at all through three games. So to your point, this is. I mean, again, I, like I said at the top of the show, Vinny, it's do or die, right? You can't start yeah. out on four with Kansas City at Arrowhead looming. Like, you just can't do that. That is a – forget any kind of playoff. I, I already think you're, you're already in an uphill, uphill, uphill battle, and the statistics suggest as much with how few of all three teams make the playoffs. Um, but given what – given Denver's issues, this is a game that the Raiders have to win. Again, they have to win. Yeah. So. No excuses. Got to beat Denver. Got to get some uh, – on some solid ground. 
uh, and then take that over to Kansas City, try to get to the bye at two and three. Then you can regroup, get healthy, um, and then give it a run uh, over the second part of your season or, you know, uh, after the break. So we'll see, though. Uh, we, 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 we thought they'd win a couple of the games uh, prior to this one. Uh, it hasn't happened. Um, but this time we mean it. The Raiders have to win this. This is basically a do-or-die situation in terms of salvaging uh, their season. Whatever happens, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about it, whether it's good or bad. Hang in there, Raider Nation. We feel your pain. We understand the frustrations. Nobody thought that the Raiders were going to be here uh, at 0-3, but it is, it is what it is. Uh, Got to just uh, dig themselves out of that hole, uh, and we'll see if they're capable of at least starting that process uh, on Saturday. I want to say thanks to all of our listeners, all of our subscribers, your why we do this. I want to say thanks to our great producer, Larry Muir. Thank you for everything that you do. And of course, want to remind everybody that Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Nations, by Stations Casinos, ST and Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire and Liquid Death. Uh, Sam Gordon, have a great week. We will talk to you uh, next week. Uh, whether it's good or bad, we're going to be here. Appreciate it, Benny. Talk soon. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.